Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. None of you would ever look at the clock and see that it's 11.15. But I also know that you're rejoicing because I'm speaking, so we won't go to 12. <laughs> so you're like me, I'm a little hungry and uh, looking forward. Now, uh, we're probably going to have some problems with this because we know that I'm a problem in general. But All right, that's pretty good. I didn't even do anything, so that's a good start. Um, today we're going to look at, if you want to open your Bibles to Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. And we're going to talk about uh, no one knows the day and the hour. Now, if we were to take a quick survey, uh, how many of you, and I think this might be better, I don't know, hands or standing up, but we'll try hands because I'm sure you don't want to stand up. How many of you think that we are living in the end times? You don't be, I mean, don't be ashamed. So I think we should stand up because I really can't tell. So those of you that are believe, now if you're sitting down, don't be like, you know, like, oh, I'm smarter than you. And if you're standing up, like, oh, I know better than you. I'm just, I just want to get an idea. So if you believe we're living in the end times, let's stand up because I, I can't see really. Okay. All right. All the pastors are standing, obviously not listening well to your pastors. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the idea behind uh, the end times, it is true we are living in the end times, but the actual events of the end times may be years away. We're not really sure. So the answer is, if you're standing, yes, we are. Good answer. And if you're sitting, you could be right as well. Today, what I want to talk about is the end times and some of the things that we need to take with us when we consider living in the end times as well. And Heath drew a really good um, arc. I don't know how to get back to that. I'm sorry. I think it's just like this, right? Yep, there we go. And uh, the idea, we're going to talk about Noah. And uh, it's also going to be the idea of not knowing when it's going to happen, but also being ready, just like in the days of Noah. Noah didn't have an exact date like October 21st um, to work with, but he also knew that he had to continue preparing and be watchful when that time would come. And then God finally said, okay, let's go. This is the day. But everyone else around them wasn't ready. So let's read the passage. We'll pray, and then we'll get into it. Matthew 24, verse 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be at the grinding, at grinding in a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do, know not, do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his, let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Our Father in heaven, we are gracious recipients 
of an extravagant mercy and grace that you have poured out upon us. Not because we're better. Father, we are grateful to be a part of your mission, your kingdom work in our world. Father, may our hearts be filled with compassion for people around us. Burden us. Grow our compassion and love for those that we live with, that we work with, that we play with, who don't follow your son Jesus. And for ourselves, as we look forward to your return, help us to keep our eyes on the world that we live in and in the manner in which you want us to be involved in your kingdom work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, now the end times isn't something new. Let's see if I got this right. How many of you have ever heard of a man named William Miller? Looks like one of the presidents, uh, but he is not one of the presidents, but he was around in the 1840s, and uh, he's considered, or so at least they say, one of the most famous false prophets ever. He was an end times guy in the 1840s, and he said that Jesus was definitely coming back, and uh, he set a specific date, and as we know, 100 and some plus years later, Jesus didn't come back. And is a tendency of those who predict a certain date in which Jesus is coming back when he was wrong, stated, well, I miscalculated and predicted that it would happen a year later. And he was still wrong. Then we also have this favorite movie of all time, which some of you have no idea what this is because you weren't even born when it was around, uh, in the 70s. How many of you have uh, seen this movie? Academy Award uh, acting, right? No, it was awful. Some of the worst acting I've ever seen, but it was one of those movies that youth pastors play on like the last night to scare the daylights out of kids so that they all weep and cry and say, oh, I want to follow Jesus, he's coming back. Um, I don't know if that's really the most effective way to do it. It sounds a little manipulative, but it's an end times movie. And uh, this gentleman here, does anyone remember Hal Lindsey? When I first became a follower of Christ, uh, Hal Lindsey was predicting that uh, the world would end in 1988 because that would be 40 years after the establishment of the nation of Israel, his book, The Late Great Planet Earth. Um, he has, uh, he's off a little bit, I'd have to say, but in terms of the date of Christ coming back, but he's also made a couple predictions afterwards. He's a good man, but uh, making some predictions that haven't come true as well. And then finally, here's a gentleman. Uh, I, read, I didn't read his books, but I read the chapters of his books. His name is Wizenant. I'm not even sure how you spell that, but he was in the 80s, and I believe it was in uh, 1988. He said, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back on September 1st. Um, when Jesus didn't come back, he wrote another book. Didn't sell as well. Um, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back on September 1st, 1989. Uh, again, mistaken. And uh, then we, anybody know who this guy is? Uh, this is Harold Camping, um, predicting that on May 21st, 2001, uh, Judgment Day would begin, not to be confused with Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger's Judgment Day. The only thing about him is this is not the first time uh, that he has predicted. He's also several times predicted that Christ would come back in the 90s. And anybody know who that guy is? John Cusack, 2012. 
Uh, we have some time. December 21st, 2012, uh, will the end will come, although that was kind of a... I mean, did anybody see that movie? Some more great acting, right? And uh, I think one that might touch many of us a little bit more closely to home, does anyone remember October of 92? October 28th, 92. And that was a big uh, Korean-American, well, not a Korean-American, but a Korean phenomenon where the belief was people were just selling homes and, and we knew people that were getting rid of cars and all kinds of stuff, all because that they were predicting that this October 28th, 1992 was going to be the last day. Well, it is uh, July 10th, 2011. We're still here. And what I want to talk about today as we're looking at the end times and the predictions of specific dates is not to make fun of these people because I would imagine in some way that they are very sincere in their belief that Christ is coming back. I think I'm done, right? Am my last one? I got... Oh, hey, there we go. All right. October 28th, 1992. All right, you can turn that off then and I can put this down so I don't get lost somewhere here. I don't want to make fun of them because I, gonna, I think there's a sense of sincerity in these people. But I want us to look at the scripture that we're looking at today and get an idea of if we are living in the end times, how do you respond to what some people might be saying about the last days are and the specific time periods in which they are giving and what it is that we should do. So the first thing that I want to share with you is, is pretty simple. It's in verse 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, it's, it's pretty simple. No one knows when. So when someone sets a date, I think the simple response that we need to carry out is avoidance. Because in some ways, if someone says this is going to happen and it doesn't happen, it is a slight embarrassment, not just for them, but for everyone else. So that when you're trying to share with people and you're talking about Christ and they go, oh, one of those, you know, yeah, isn't Jesus coming back? It is slightly embarrassing. And I don't know if you have a family member, uh, someone that sometimes when you go to have people over at the house, you kind of hide. OK, I'm just testing you. I hope that you don't love all of your family members. But some families are like that. Uh, I was like that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but. That's one of those things that we want to, don't want to talk about because for us it's embarrassing. Yes, we really believe that one day Jesus will return. We just don't know when. But when somebody says these will be the dates, when we hear it more often, what happens? We sort of get used to that and we kind of roll our eyes and go, oh, here we go again. And, and then we think about all the people and we think, wow, you gave all your stuff away and now you're still here. What, what does someone do with that? I mean, let's say, for instance, if... Someone back on May uh, 21st had given away their home and their car and their possessions on May 22nd. Let me ask you, would you give back what they gave to you? Isn't that a little bit of a conundrum? What do you do? And it's a little embarrassing. And so what we need to do when things like that have, I mean, in a sense, we should be ready because if they're right, which I'm not saying that they are because no one knows the times, but we should always be ready. And in the end, we avoid making predictions like that because when they are wrong, it can be very, very embarrassing. And then to switch the dates, it means that people won't listen to us any longer. So Jesus is pretty clear. No one knows when he's coming back. So don't set a date. It doesn't make a sense. It doesn't make sense at all. It's confusing. This is what Jesus then says. Here's how you're going to know I'm coming back. He's going to give us two things. He's going to give us events that are going to happen, and he's going to give us some attitudes that are going to happen. Verse 37. As it was in the day of Noah, which we saw in the ark, 
so will be with the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, and up to the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Well, here's the idea that what's going to happen? People are going to be having fun. They're going to be involved in a culture that's very sensory, that's very pleasure-oriented. Can you think of a culture at any period of time that we might be living in right now? Right? Rhetorical question. We could say, well, we're definitely living in the end times. I mean, it's going to happen. And uh, Jesus is going to say there will be earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and famines. Can you think of a time period in which that has happened? Now. But it's also happened in the past, many times over. World War I, before World War One, Jehovah Witnesses were predicting that the end had come. World War II, Hitler is the Antichrist. You know, the whole idea that there's always been wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines. So these events are happening, and we have not always lived in a pure-type culture throughout all of world history. And in fact, I'd go so far as to say when Jesus is saying this, this is Roman culture itself. So it's dangerous to say these are the end times because Jesus said we cannot know whether or not these are the end times. Here's some signs, but you will see these signs many times throughout all of history. But it's not just events, but he's also talking about attitudes because the idea here that he's trying to communicate is that they're eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. In other words, they're having a lot of fun. They're doing all of these things that we would look at our culture and say, you know what? Wow, it's really bad. And sometimes if you listen to a pastor, they'll say, well, in the 1950s, the problems that principals used to confront were things like truancy and chewing gum in class and stealing pencils and paper clips. But now it's drugs and sex. And it's like those things never happened before, but they have. In fact, the 1890s was a, a very serious time in the United States of America in terms of all the, the murder rates that were going on. So it's not like for us to see that we are definitely in the last times because of these things. Those things exist, but no one should sit down and say, this is the day. This will happen. Me, I, I've uh, had several experiences with end time thinking as well. Uh, I remember growing up Roman Catholic in 1978 when... Uh, I don't remember what the Pope's name, uh, the first Pope that died, but the second Pope that died was Pope John Paul I. And I, I became very frightened because I had heard that if three Popes die in one year, then that means the end is coming. I don't know if you guys, well, that's kind of a dumb question because many of you aren't even born in the 70s. But I remember that time and I was frightened because I thought, will I be ready? My biggest fear of the return of Christ was right before I got married. Ask me why you think I was afraid, or even can you guess? Because I believed that Jesus was going to come back the day before I got married, and I'd miss out on what it meant to be married. It's kind of goofy, isn't it? Predicting the time is something that is wrong. It's unbiblical. So even if you hold the Bible in your hand and say, I have done the math, I've done the calculations, it's absolutely wrong because no one knows. And so our response is we avoid stuff like that because we will never know when it is that Christ is going to return. It's a complete surprise. Look what he says here in verse 40. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Verse 41. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. It's not talking about exclusion. It's talking about how surprising it will absolutely be. People will be living their lives and then boom, gone. They'll be gone. 
So if no one knows the hour, how then should we respond to Jesus? Jesus is pretty simple. He says, therefore, keep watch. The idea is to always be on your guard, to be ready. It's, it's the idea of if you're a soldier and you're in the middle of a war and you're the one who is on sentry duty, you're keeping watch. You're paying attention to see if there's any movement of the enemy out there so that you, the first person who sees it, then can go back and tell the rest of your army that, hey, these guys are coming. They're moving. We should respond defensively, offensively, or, or whatever it is. But the idea is to keep watch, to be ready. Jesus says this. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. Now, how many of you, and I know this is painful because I can think of at least two families in our church, have ever had your house robbed? Okay. Uh, how does that feel? You come home and uh, you see everything broken in. It's, it's a happy feeling, right? Thank God I wasn't home. Nobody got hurt, right? No, you, you don't feel that way at all. Now, if the thief writes you a letter and says, hey, on this day, I'm going to come into your house and I'm going to rob you, what would you do? Well, you'd probably invite your friends over, maybe even Don Boardman, officer friendly with his handgun or whatever to protect you. And you would say, sure, come on over. I'd be more than happy to have you come over and rob my house on this day while we're waiting for you. Well, what Jesus is trying to say is nobody, no thief is going to do that. Otherwise, they're not going to be a good thief. They'll be spending more time in prison than they will be robbing homes because that doesn't make sense. So what Jesus is trying to say ultimately is in the terms of my return, in terms of the end days, no one knows and that I will come like a thief in the night. So instead of just eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, be ready, be watchful, get ready for my return. We've had a lot of uh, babies over the last few years. How many of you as uh, husbands or wives or fathers and, and mothers have prepared your little suitcases getting ready for the hospital? How many? Anybody? Dan, you're not married yet. You can't raise your hand. Nobody? Nobody did. Doesn't anybody do that anymore? You get the suitcase ready and if the baby's ready to come, you run. Did you guys do that? Please help me. Okay, thank you so much. Somebody did it. Yeah. The idea is to be watchful. You don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, could you imagine a little clock that says, okay, your baby is going to come out on July 11th at 8.15 p.m. Get to the hospital by 6 o'clock. Wouldn't it be that easy? That would be really nice. I know for us, the last two, uh, Tim and Dan, they were C-sections. Well, Christina was a C-section too, but she was a 36-hour labor. Thank God for the NBA playoffs during that time. But it was a long labor, man. I was in a lot of pain sitting there waiting. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm not really sorry. Um, but for those guys, we knew the doctor said, get in there by seven o'clock and boom, two hours later, we would do the C-section. Well, the reality is that doesn't happen much. What, what I'm really trying to communicate here is it's the idea of watchfulness. What Jesus is saying, listen, no one knows what hour it is that I am coming back. 
And so if someone says, I'm coming back on this specific day, avoid them. Don't listen. Don't pay attention. But that doesn't mean that you can live however you want to live. You should always be ready. You should always be watchful. Because if your thinking is that thief is going to one day try to rob your house, you will be ready for them. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I would imagine that there are some of us here that have those... um, um, the, the brinks, oh, brain freeze, the alarm systems in your house. And uh, we, we were going to have one at our house one day, and the guy comes in and he goes, you know, most people, you guys are really an unusual couple because most people, they call us after they've been robbed. You guys are pretty good, you know, trying to butter us up and, and really smart. I didn't realize I was cheap, but that's another story. And he was saying, listen, that means you're getting prepared for when these guys might break in, because when they break in, you will already be ready. It doesn't make sense to buy this after the fact. Unless, of course, you, you know, one of those people have been robbed several times and you're in a bad neighborhood. But for most of us, it only happens once. And that's the idea of being ready. You know, Noah was ready. He was working and uh, he was building the ark and he was getting ready and the animals were coming and he was doing. But this was a long process of being ready and being watchful. And the call that Jesus is giving to those who follow him is don't pay attention to to specific date setters, but always be ready. Always be watchful. Because what he's calling us here is to something to see that in that readiness... That readiness is that we're actually following Jesus as we're going along. Now, this is where it gets a little manipulative. I mean, when somebody goes to you and they says, well, you know what? Uh, You could die tomorrow or Jesus could return tomorrow. How would you live the last day of your life? And I think many of us would actually change the way we live. Now, I've heard some pastors say, I wouldn't change a, a thing about the way I live, which I think, even in their sincerity, is not true. Because if I knew that I had 24 hours to live and I was really going to die, I probably wouldn't watch the TV that I might watch. I might not necessarily take the shower that I might have normally taken, but I would actually be visiting with people I know who need to hear about Christ. So what he's saying here is always be ready. And in the midst of that readiness, we live our normal lives. I mean, let's go back to the family that is about to give birth to a child father and mother, future to be for the first time, don't sit on the bed looking at their suitcase waiting for those first contractions to come. What they're really doing is they're living their life like they're supposed to be, but they're actually getting ready for when it happens so that when it does happen, they're actually ready. And I don't want it to see just as a negative way, but a very positive way. For instance, when my wife goes to piano lessons and uh, there's things to be cleaned up in the house, Uh, The kids and I work really hard at making the house clean. Now, the kids, you know, whenever I ask them to do something, obviously they run and they take care of it because they're such good kids. But we prepare the house so that mom, when she comes back, whenever she comes back, gets a wonderful surprise. Why? Because we want to be ready. And we don't want to do it because we don't expect her to come home and yell at us, but because we want to give her a gift and say, hi, here you go. Enjoy this. You can now come and sit down and relax. And whenever you come home, the house is clean, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. I can't believe you just lied in church. Shame on you. Come up for prayer afterwards. But that's the idea. It's not, hey, Jesus isn't saying, be ready, because I know you terrible, rotten, slothful, sinful people 
are going to be goofing around. Well, stop your goofing around because I'm coming back, so you, be re- you better be ready. What he's saying is, in a sense, like I'm coming back, and when I'm coming back, the better attitude is we want to be ready because we want to be with you. Do you, you see the difference there? One cringes in fear, expecting mom or dad to come home and whack you upside the head because your room isn't clean. And the other one says that when mom and dad come home, the room is clean, not because you were afraid of them, but because you wanted to be with them. And so the attitude that Jesus is trying to communicate, at least from what I'm reading here, is that keep watch. Always be ready for when he is coming back. Because you don't know when it is. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be five years from now. It could be ten years from now. But always keep watch. I think it was, uh, and I think I've shared this before too, that it was uh, Sergeant Rock. um, Oh, what is those army guys' name? In G.I. Joe. His famous, I know, isn't it kind of, what are those army guys called? G.I. Joe. Wow, where's my head? I think it's Sergeant Rock, too, though. Okay, it's Sergeant Slaughter. It's Sergeant Rock. You know what? It's Sergeant Rock comic books that you guys might not remember because that's back in the 70s as well, but that's another story. This is what he said in their movie. He said, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Do you get that? The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. In other words, pretty simply stated, that if you want to be free, you must always be vigilant. And what Jesus is saying is, if you want to be ready, you must always keep watch. Watch the way in which you live. Because you don't know when I'm coming back, or you don't know when your life is going to end But it's not because I want to watch over you to point out to you what you have done wrong, but it is because I desire to be with you. So now the question for us is, as we look at all of these verses, and and we're seeing all these people have made these predictions, and we'll hear more of them, and we'll hear about the Mayan calendar ending on December 21st, 2012, all of next year. Who knows what other doom and gloom movies uh, that we'll have if you ever go to the library and you read all the books about dystopia and all the other stuff that's going to happen, then you realize there is a real sense of all of this going to pieces. For us, how does God want us to respond? He wants us to be ready. Now, it's a simple message because what is Jesus saying? No one knows when, but be ready. And when I present to you the idea Are you ready? I think most of us are going to look at our lives and go, "Eh, yeah, okay, I'm sort of ready, and leave here and have absolutely nothing have happened in our hearts, in our minds, in our lifestyles. And we'll have missed what Jesus is trying to communicate about being watchful. So I want to ask you, are you ready? If today was a day for a final exam, and I don't want to manipulate into this, but really I want you to ask yourself, are you ready? Are you living in a manner that when Christ came back, the reception would be a joyful reception of rather than a shameful reception, as though I haven't been doing what I should be doing, and I haven't done that because I really don't believe that you're coming back, at least in my lifetime. 
Are we ready? Are we ready in the way that we relate to our spouses or our children or our friends or the way we work or the way we play or whatever it is that we do? Are we really reflecting the Jesus that we are supposed to be reflecting in our daily lives? And will people be able to look at us and say that I really know that you believe in Jesus? Not necessarily the return, because people outside of church aren't really thinking about the return of Jesus unless they hear about us setting dates. But are you really ready? And can people see that Jesus is moving in you as well as through you? Are there things in your life that you have been putting off for ages just because you really aren't so watchful? Are there things that you have in your life that should be put off, that you're not putting off, that are in your life because you have forgotten what it means to be watchful? This watchfulness, again, it is not a watchfulness to make us feel guilty, but a watchfulness for us to be prepared so that our reunion is one that's filled with joy. So the message of the end times is that we may very well be living in the end times in terms of a specific event when Christ will return, but we will always be living in the end times until Christ returns, which may be 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. But with that in mind, no matter how far away that event may be, we are to always be watchful. Like the father of the prodigal son, looking for him to come back so that our fellowship, our relationship, our love might have no barriers of distance and time. Are you ready? Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.